BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Shall I take your order or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, everybody, to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We are talking a lot about the future of the GOP here. We just had an election. Some good, some bad, some wins, some losses. Certainly not as many wins as we wanted, but we've got to make sense of it all and do our best to have a strategy going forward for the country, to have as much prosperity and freedom and, yes, security as we can for as long as we can. It's like whenever I do a live speech, there's always somebody somewhere who asks me, how do we get our country back? And I always have to tell them that the question needs to be, for how long? You know, Because it's always going to be temporal. The fight's going to continue. It's not like there's one day we win and everything is going to work and everything is going to make sense thereafter, obviously. One area where I think there's going to be, there should be a robust conversation going forward is on foreign policy. You know, for example, right now, uh, we have some sense of what Donald Trump's foreign policy is. And as he said last night in his speech, uh, he was the first president, certainly in my adult, no, the first president in my lifetime to not get involved in a major military conflict of some kind abroad. I mean, I guess you could say, no, Clinton, sorry, air campaign in uh, in Bosnia. So, no, I think he's the first one to not engage in major military, new major military action abroad in my lifetime. Um, and even in Clay's lifetime, I mean, which is saying a lot. <laughs> so... So here, here we are looking at, at the DeSantis uh, possibility in the primary, and people are asking a question, totally fair one. What is the Ron DeSantis foreign policy if he does get into this nomination contest? What about Glenn Youngkin? What about the GOP more generally? And, and I'm just bringing this up. This, is more, this isn't about the primary. This is more about what should our foreign policy be going forward because we're starting to see, folks, we may not care about it as much, and it is often the realm of, you know, latte drinking, uh, worthless master's degree in security studies folks about how, oh, if only we had gotten this multilateral treaty done, sure, whatever. 
But what you saw yesterday in Europe, in the European theater of the Ukraine-Russia conflict, is a bit of a wake-up call in that we talked about the breaking news on the air. I will say, Clay, we, we uh, were right in assuming right away that it was not a Russian attack. I said, if anything, this is just collateral damage. Missiles can go hit the wrong place, hit the wrong thing, uh, can malfunction. And it wasn't even that. Uh, here we have... The uh, NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg saying that the missile strike in Poland was actually probably caused by Ukrainian air defense missile that landed in Poland by accident. Play 20. Our preliminary analysis suggests that the incident was likely caused by a Ukrainian air defense missile fired to defend Ukrainian territory against Russian cruise missile attacks. But let me be clear, this is not Ukraine's fault. Russia bears ultimate responsibility as it continues its illegal war against Ukraine. Okay, Clay, so this is interesting for a number of reasons. For one thing, automatically, everyone goes, wait a second, if Russia fired a missile into Poland, which... This never would have made sense because if Russia is going to fire stuff at Poland, it's going to be a lot more than a missile, right? If they're going to if they're going to try to expand the conflict, but that's a terrifying thought to I think everybody because of Article Five of the NATO Treaty um, that would say that an attack on one is an attack on all. Effectively, all of a sudden, everyone realizes if things go wrong in this war in ukraine we could see a nato which means america plus european allies versus russian military conflict which is a terrifying prospect and which Zelensky actually called for buck he almost immediately Zelensky said hey this is an act of aggression on behalf of russia against poland Zelensky from the get-go while we totally understand the desire to co- uh, to defend his territory has sought for this to be a larger battle where he's going to have more allies than just Ukraine. Obviously, I'm sure everyone out there has seen, if you have not, the Biden administration waits till right after the midterms to request another $37 billion in aid for Ukraine which I believe, Buck, means that we're now over, the number that I saw was $90 billion in either requested aid or sent aid to Ukraine. Now, we'll see what Congress ends up doing with this newest request for $37 billion. But to put that into perspective, according to the data, that's more than Russia spends every year on its military, which is kind of wild to think about. I mean, $100 billion dollars as we're approaching $100 billion, for Ukraine to defend itself is not, I mean, this is big dollars that we're now committed. And, you know, you sometimes have to contextualize it because, unfortunately, in this Biden era where they just spend money like drunken sailors, uh, what's the old line, a billion dollars here, a billion dollars there, and it adds up eventually? I mean, we're approaching, if they got this full allotment of dollars, a hundred billion dollars in requested for aid yeah. for Ukraine. That's a monster amount of money. Yes, that's just even for us, even for America. A hundred billion dollars. You know that you, you pay attention to a hundred billion dollars of spending. Uh, I saw Glenn Greenwald pulled the, this uh, those numbers together and included that 
the almost it's ninety one point three billion dollars that has either been spent or requested of U.S. aid in Ukraine, which is double the average annual U.S. expenditure for our war in Afghanistan. I mean, that puts had, it into perspective, right? Yeah. Where we had U.S. troops in a large country engaged in combat operations. But modern warfare, I mean, the people that have come, we, we had um, Nolan, uh, Nolan Peterson on earlier in the week, and he was talking about what he's seen over there. It, it's a war, it's it's a more conventional war than we've seen in, in Iraq or Afghanistan, which were, became largely counterinsurgency and stability operations. Um, you have a front. I mean, you actually have lines of demarcation between Russian and Ukrainian militaries. Obviously, there are shifts depending on advances and and you know who's taking losses where, but materiel, you know, this goes back to I, I thought that movie All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix was very very well done. A little light on character development, but the overall themes and the way it depicts the First World War I thought was was phenomenal, um, and obviously heartbreaking too when you realize what actually went on there. It turns into a contest of logistics, getting the the two most difficult things to move. And to have in abundance to continue or have in sufficient numbers to continue the fight, other than personnel, human beings, uh, are oil, you know, gasoline, and ammunition. And ammo is what the U.S. has been giving the Ukrainians in, in ample supply to the tune of billions and billions of dollars. Uh, and, and by ammo, I mean munitions, right? Uh, artillery rounds, uh, bombs, you name it. And so we've effectively been able to prop up the Ukrainian war effort. You know, this is like, uh, this is almost like a lend lease or something. We're, we're giving them the tools to let them finish the job, but it's costing $100 billion. And what is the end of the job? And how far do we take this? And what happens if Russia dramatically escalates? What do we really think Joe Biden's going to scare Putin? There's no conversations now about this other than shut up. Where's your five Ukraine flags? Um, I don't think the Russians are just going to leave Ukraine in disgrace without escalation if the Ukrainian advance continues. Well, just think about what we would think. Russia is sitting around and they're saying, we've lost 100,000 people to casualties. I think that's the soldier number that is sort of agreed to right now, if I'm not mistaken, most recently. And if you were Russian and you were looking around, We've talked about this before, but at what point does American expenditure spiral into, hey, America's actually fighting us? Because if we're spending more for Ukraine than Russia typically spends in a year on its military, which is one of the data points that I've seen out there, I'm sorry, I would consider that to be an attack against Russia if I were Russian right now and Americans are spending $100 billion for my, uh, my adversaries. One of the best moments in Trump foreign policy, and this was you know the real real presidential decider stuff, was when he turned Soleimani into a particulate yes. matter, and Qasem Soleimani had been in, had been involved in well we could do a whole show on all the stuff that he'd been doing in the Middle East and all the terrorist support and everything he'd done that was bad. But specifically, I mean, the, the reason I think that the U.S. and, and Trump himself, and he did, remember, he did that. There are so many things that Trump did on the foreign policy side where people said, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, the media would completely flip out. And we'd find out, oh, no, that actually wasn't a huge problem and, and probably was the smart. Oh, it was the smart thing to do, whether it was trade with China, the Qasem Soleimani, any number of things. 
But we blew up Qasem Soleimani, the Iranian leader of the uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guards Quds Force, their external operations arm. We took him out because he had his guys. Now, there's a lot of things he was doing, and I know we have a lot of veterans of Iraq listening to this. But the main thing was he was giving explosively formed penetrators, EFPs, that were being built largely on Iranian soil to Shia militias, Iraqi, but Shia militias in Iraq, in Iraq, and they were using them against coalition troops, giving them specifically designed weapons to maim and kill our soldiers. And you know what? We decided uh, we were going to get payback on Qasem for that. So to your point, Clay, you don't always have to be an active combatant for somebody to decide uh, you're part of the problem and part of the opposition in a war. And so while I understand that we're seeing these gains by Ukraine right now, what really is, are, are we to believe that this ends when every Russian soldier has lost has left Ukrainian soil, including the entirety of the Donbass region? Because I don't think Putin's going to go for that. And I think we all know what that means. And I still have not heard any way that this ends. And that's where I think if we were actually focused on diplomacy, Ukraine has been adamant that they will not negotiate until basically Russia gives up all the land. That could take years. So how committed and for how long is the United States to this aspect of foreign policy, particularly when it's costing $37 billion and we're now over $90 billion in requested aid? And again, I don't think this is a surprise. Just think about all the things that have happened. Maybe we can talk about this when we come back. I mean, the uh, student loan initiative gets struck down as unconstitutional, which we told you that it was. Uh, you've got this uh, this SBF guy in the crypto funds gives $40 million to Democrats a couple of days after the midterms. That all blows up. And now we got $37 billion more requested for Ukraine after we had a scare about potentially NATO getting involved over missiles landing in Poland and killing people. Uh, this is uh, this is nerve-wracking, and there's a lot of bad news that, go figure, suddenly comes out for the Democrats within a couple of days of the midterms officially being over. That's intentional. They definitely did not want it known that they wanted $37 more billion for Ukraine uh, headed into the midterms. We'll talk about that more, but in the meantime, it's hard to get kids to read. I've got three boys, two of them, at least one of them, real challenge to get to read. Turn on Alexa, tell him he has to read for 20 minutes after he gets home, and you would think that it is the equivalent of uh, water torture. I mean, the kid does not like to read, and you've probably got a kid or grandkid that you struggle to get to read as well, and if you do get them to read, sometimes what they're reading, you look around and you say, man, this is not very helpful to their overall education. That's why the Tuttle Twins book series is here. They will help your kids and your grandkids deal with pro-America, but also very instructive books that are also entertaining. Uh, these are books that will produce thought-provoking uh, opinions and ideas for your kids. I've seen it happen with my own. You can see it now happen with your own kids and grandkids, especially because a lot of times it can feel like you're on one side and the media, Hollywood, activist teachers are all lined up on the other side. Just trust me. This is why you need to go to TuttleRadio.com right now 
to get these life-changing books for all the kids in your life, your family. They can make a difference in a big way. Free workbooks and 35% off. Again, I encourage you, check it out at TuttleRadio.com. That's TuttleRadio.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Audience up 40% in unique listeners on the podcast in October. Encourage you to go subscribe there. Make sure you don't miss a moment, especially... As we're sitting here eight days from Thanksgiving, I bet a lot of you listening out there to us right now will be on the road going somewhere, friends and family, for Thanksgiving. And then Christmas and New Year's not far after. Make sure that you can hear the show anywhere. You can find my name, Clay Travis. You can find Buck Sexton. Boom. You will be well on your way to being able to hear the show no matter where you may be in the country or around the world. News, uh, Mitch McConnell has been reelected Senate Majority Leader. By a vote of 37 to 10 with one abstention. Buck, that is not a particularly tight race there. 
Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader. Again, 37 Republican Republican senators voted for him. 10 voted against and 1 abstained. He was right when he said, I've got the votes and it doesn't matter when the election is going to be because that ain't close. If you come for the Mitch, you best not miss. He doesn't forget, and it's a shame that we can't get a change in leadership here for the Senate, but he's got a huge pack. He's got a ton of money. Money talks, unfortunately, in politics and a whole range of things, and so this is this is where we are. Look, I mean, if you're looking for a silver lining, he's good on judges. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's what I can give you. He's good on judges, everybody, and he is good on that. But anything else, I don't know. Very swampy. Very swampy. I just really, hope we really can get Herschel. Us. Herschel yeah. in so we can rely on Manchin being totally erratic and maybe they're not able to get as much passed through the Senate when it comes to judges because, thankfully, we have got the House, even though it mostly hasn't been called officially everywhere yet. But we're sitting right at, uh, what, 217, and effectively we're going there. we got a bunch of calls. Let's take a couple of them here if we can. Sandra nice. in Buffalo. By the way, Buffalo, you guys are about to get like six feet of six snow feet or something, Six feet of snow, right? yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Hi, guys. That's nothing hey, for us. Hey, what's up? Two, hey, two feet is, uh, six feet is nothing for us. But anyway, um, I'm all in for Trump. Have been from since 2016, actually since he came down the escalator in 2015. Um, I, I don't think uh, anyone else could handle, you know, what's about to come. Um, I'm, I'm with him, win or lose, till the end. Um, okay, so I let me hope- ask you this. Uh, I understand yeah. that. And look, Buck and I are both happy to vote for Donald Trump if he's a nominee in 2024. Uh, I would be ecstatic, right? Like, uh, to, to, we need to win. We need to be Biden or whoever the nominee is. What if he's not the nominee? Are you not going to vote for a Republican candidate if Trump were not the nominee? I will vote for the Republican candidate, but that's that's only if Trump's not in it, if Trump doesn't get the nomination. But honestly, I'm right. But you're not saying like if Trump doesn't win, I'm sitting out the election because, Buck, we've heard from some people that will say that they're like, I don't know how true that is kind of uh, never not Trump. You could say there's a bit of that going on. Right. Instead of never Trump. That kind of made sense. Mike Lindell and the team at MyPillow are amazing. Mike's built this phenomenal company, MyPillow, my friends. The pillows, the towels, the slippers, so comfortable, so much a part of my day-to-day life and Clay's as well. And you can trust Mike's team to give you the best stuff possible for a great night's sleep, particularly using the Giza Dream sheets. I'm actually just washing my Giza Dream sheets now. I've got a couple pairs of them. They're so soft and comfortable. Amazing. The cotton that they're made from comes from the Giza region of Egypt, which is where you're going to get the best cotton anywhere in the world. Right now, the Giza uh, Giza Dream sheets are back in stock. And guess what? Lowest price ever. These sheets are coming in as low as $29.99 with promo code Clay and Buck. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty. This holiday season, they're extending their 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed between now and Christmas Day will have their money-back guarantee extended until March 1st of next year. Just go to MyPillow.com. Click on Radio Listener Specials and use promo code Clay and Buck. Get the Giza Dream Sheet. Welcome back in the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everybody. We've got our friend, the numbers man, the political wonk, Ryan Gerdusky with us now. His very excellent Substack newsletter is the National Populist Newsletter, which you should all check out. His latest piece here is Midterm Postmortem Finale. 
And the subheadline: play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Ryan, great to have you back. Thank you for having me. All right, so let, let's just start with what, what, what do we need to learn from this midterm, right? I mean, we've got this audience very up to speed, obviously, on you know who won, who lost, and some of the broad themes. What are the takeaways that the data now, and explain how the data does it, make pretty ironclad? Okay, so first, mostly importantly, there was no youth quake. The media has had this narrative coming out that there was this giant army of young Gen Z people voting uh, Democrat didn't happen at all. They did vote Democrat, but they came out at a smaller level than they did in 2018, and they actually voted more Republican. The data shows it. The Tufts University's Tisch College uh, Civic Life, they're the ones who, who analyze the youth vote every year. They said it. David Shore, the brilliant uh, liberal uh, data analyst, looked at all the counties where young people are. Voting was down in all of them. Didn't happen whatsoever. Secondly, abortion, major, major, major driver for independents and people who disliked Biden but didn't hate Biden. So people who had slight unfavorability were driven towards Democrats for two reasons, abortion and denying the 2020 election really, really, really drove them away in very strong numbers. And you can see it in the issue of Arizona. In Arizona, there were nine statewide candidates. Five of them Republicans won or are winning currently. Four lost. The four that lost all ran on the election was stolen. The five won did not talk about the election being stolen. Um, that was a major, major indicator. And that's probably why Trump yesterday during his hour-long announcement didn't mention the, the election being stolen whatsoever. Um, that well, a lot of people were also motivated to vote against Trump. More were motivated to vote against Trump than were motivated to vote against Biden, which is very, very, very unusual. Um, and that's why independents, while Republicans had larger turnout numbers, Republicans really did a good job turning out. And it wasn't the popular vote, but it was swaying against, uh, swaying against independents and people who only lean Republican that really had, um, that really had a big effect. Uh, candidate quality. Let's talk about that for a second. Candidate quality does matter to a point. You, the guy, so there's a guy named Tom Horn. He's currently winning an unseating an incumbent Democrat in the state of Arizona for public instruction. He's going to be the superintendent for the whole state. He is a 70-something-year-old man, a lot of history, a lot of baggage, a lot of uh, uh, negative stories about him in the media. He's running against bilingual education, running against CRT, DEI, yada, yada, yada. He won. Why? Because he talked about the issues that really affected people that were popular, that were conservative. He never ran away from them, but he didn't delve into abortion and he didn't delve into the 2020 election. Reverse that with the guy who ran in Pennsylvania for governor, Doug Mastriano, talked nonstop about the election, said he wanted to imprison women and charge them with murder if they had an abortion, and said Jesus Christ himself would intervene in the election to make sure that he won. Huge mistake. Uh, one other thing, and then we'll go to, I'll let you guys talk, whatever, but um, Republicans. It's cool, it's cool, go for it. It is our show, but yeah, I appreciate that. It is your show, right. Um, well, well, Republicans way overperformed in a lot of blue areas that didn't matter. So Republicans had all-time highs in New York City elect congressional elections, all-time high in Los Angeles congressional elections. They overperformed Biden by 10-something points in some of these places. It's just in the places that they needed to overperform, they consistently underperformed. That was problematic. They did much better with Asians 
somewhat better with Latinos and rural blacks, blacks who live in the black belt of the South. And I think that lastly, we've got a lot of questions right now. Was why are Republicans now reelecting all the people in leadership, uh, McConnell, McCarthy, yada, yada, yada? How are they being rewarded? There's an organization on the left called Act Blue. Act Blue connects 21 million small dollar Democratic donors with campaigns. It's how John Fetterman was able to raise $75 million for his Senate campaign on top of the hundreds of millions of dollars for other congressional campaigns. 15 million against Marjorie Taylor Greene in a super safe Republican district. Republicans don't have anything close to this on our side. And the only thing that Republicans can accept to lean on are Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell and their super PACs. And I think that's something, a reason why they're doing well post a fairly not good midterm election. All right, Ryan, that's fantastic. I love when you come on and just break down the data for us. So let's play it forward. If you were looking at the data that you have seen in 2022 and you were saying what needs to happen for a Republican presidential candidate to win in 2024, and we understand it's two years away and that the issues can change and everything can evolve uh, in many different directions. But would it be fair to say no one can talk about the 2020 election and denying it? that there needs to be some form of abortion policy that is put in place, uh, whether it's like, hey, I believe that you should be able to have an abortion uh, you know, up to 15 weeks or whatever it is. I'm talking about a national candidate who's going to win some of these purplish states. What would have to happen for Republicans to win in 24, given what you're talking about happened in Arizona, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Nevada, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, all those states out there where this election is going to be decided. Yeah, so the 2020 election can never be revisited. It's just, it's over. You could talk about ballot harvesting. You could talk about checking. You could talk about whatever you want. But if you bring up at this point, if you are anything close to a suburban district and you bring up the fact that the 2020 election was stolen, you're going to lose. It's just the case you're going to lose. That is, it drives college-educated white voters away, and there are more of them than there are of minorities. So they, they basically, sorry to cut you off, but they basically branded that so well Democrats did for even independent college-educated voters that if you're even touching that, you're like, it's like a third rail for independent voters you lose. Yeah, that, it's, think of it like, think of it like privatizing Social Security. Something that, oh, I don't know, candidates like Rick Scott and Blake Masters also campaigned on another third rail. You could privately believe it. I don't care. There's a lot of things people privately believe but don't talk about in polite society. At this point, it has seemed so toxic to people, even people who dislike Joe Biden, that if you bring it up, there's a good chance you will lose talking about it. That is why Donald Trump, in an hour-long speech, did not mention once that the, pre- that the presidential election was stolen because the, the, just the, data, the data is out there. The polls have shown this. People that you need to win to win big elections do not believe that, do not like talking about that. And they really have believed the whole you know, MSNBC lineup that, that democracy is under a threat. And they, it, it feeds into the narrative, that and the abortion conversation, that um, Republicans are weird. Republicans are against your freedoms. Republicans are, they, they talk like they are all at a Trump rally or a CPAC conference. That definitely hurts them. And, and furthermore, about abortion, you asked about abortion before. If a candidate says, I support, I'm pro-life without exception, 
It is as detrimental to a Republican as a Democrat saying, I want to defund the police. That is how badly it polls. So when you hear somebody saying that, remember, independents are hearing defund the police. That is the same exact knee-jerk reaction. I think, I think personally the federal government does not have any role to play in abortion law. It never did before 1970-something and never will, hopefully never will again. The states should decide just sit there and say, I don't support, I, I do not want the federal government being involved in your abortions. I just don't want it. You have to take a more libertarian stand on it. That is the way the public is on, on the issue and just back away from it. And well, you Ryan, see pro-life governors did win though last, on last week by huge margins in Ohio, Texas, Florida, Georgia. Yeah, Ryan, uh, one more thing, um, just to run up against the clock and people should subscribe if you want to really see what's going on in politics across the country, the National Populist Newsletter that Ryan has on Substack. And we'll put it up at clayandbuck.com. We'll link it there so people can find it easily. But Ryan, one more for you. On this, you know, I, I can't tell you how many text messages I've gotten in the last week from people who are involved in campaigns. And what they all keep saying to me is, we have to get the message to the top. If we tell people to just show up on Election Day, if we do not run mail-in ballot campaigns ourselves, if we do not use the rules as they are currently in place, it doesn't matter who some of these candidates are or who the presidential candidate is, they will lose. Absolutely. That's 100% true as well. This romanticization that we have towards only voting on Election Day is very asinine. If you believe that they're going to screw with the machines on Election Day, that's fine. Go vote early. We give, they give them sometimes months to vote early. Something I don't agree with, but as long as those are the rules in place, you need to take advantage of the rules. If I was on Herschel Walker's campaign right now, which I'm not, but if I was, all I would be doing is collecting early ballots and distributing them and dropping off either a drop boxes or to the Board of Elections or whatever the case may be. But making sure people vote early and getting the numbers, that's why before the, before the polls closed in Florida, DeSantis had already won. He won Miami-Dade a week before Election Day because they had gotten Republicans out in large enough numbers that they knew Miami-Dade was over. They knew the whole election was over a week out. And it's very nice to sit there and have that position where you're comfortable enough to sit there and have that uh, and, and know you're going to win so far in advance. It's a turnout method. It's also swaying independent voters. But the turnout method, don't wait till Election Day. Vote early, vote often, and and if it and vote by any means necessary. Ryan Gerdusky, everybody. Ryan, appreciate you breaking it down for us. Great Substack Thank piece you. on your midterm midterm post uh, mortem. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you could save a life, would you? Of course you would. That's why we're partnering with preborn pregnancy clinics to help rescue the most vulnerable in society, preborn babies. This nonprofit organization began their mission 16 years ago and has rescued hundreds of thousands of babies' lives. Here's how Preborn does it. They introduce moms in crisis to their babies through an ultrasound. When she sees that precious baby made in God's image and hears that heartbeat that says, I'm alive, the majority of the time, she will choose life. The ultrasound does not cost that expected mom anything. It's paid for by donations, provided by people like you and me, the pro-life community. One ultrasound is just $28. Five ultrasounds total, and it will give you $140. That's all it requires. And now, through a matching donation offer, your tax-deductible gift is doubled, saving twice as many babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. 
That's pound two five zero. Say baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash b u c k. This message has been sponsored by Preborn. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. How good was Ryan Gerdusky summing up what the data is showing us from the 2022 elections? And look, I understand that sometimes you're going to hear things that make you upset. But I thought he did such a good job of saying, look, if you're going to focus on denying 2020 election results, that's going to spin to many people out there who are independent voters as if you're saying defund the police. They're just over it, right? I understand that on some level. A lot of people who are out there who are independent voters They don't want to sit around and relitigate old elections. I understand that a lot of you are angry over what happened in 2020. Buck and I still are too. But at some point, it gets to a question of, do you want to be angry or do you want to win? And I think that's such a question that a lot of Republicans have to ask themselves as we get ready for 2024. And here's what I'll say about Trump. Trump wants to win. Buck, he did an hour-long announcement. They got this data to him. 
You watched it. I watched it. He didn't election deny at all. He didn't focus on 2020. He was already looking towards 2024. And again, the data doesn't lie, right? You can have anecdotal stories where you talk to your, you know, high school uh, roommate or your high school best friend, your college roommate, whoever it might be. And they'll say, oh, I voted this way because of this reason. But when we don't win independence and Joe Biden is the worst president of our lifetime, to me, it means that a lot of independent voters out there have decided that Republicans are too extreme and that they don't trust Republicans to solve problems well, any better than Democrats. I, I would I would uh, add to that or, or just maybe shape that a little bit with they think that the, that that one or two components of Republican messaging in some places by some candidates were extreme. See, this is the problem. We sat here, Clay, and we talked about how the economy, Republicans have a huge advantage on. That's yep. the biggest issue. Uh, crime, Republicans have a huge advantage on. That's the second. Based on, on the consistent polling over many months, that's the biggest issue. Immigration, which we're going to talk more about here in a second, illegal immigration, a big issue that didn't really seem to have much effect on this election at all. And that may be in part because, you know, there are people, we have to think of this like, you know, there there's... Ten people on one side of the line, ten people on the other side of the line, and we're fighting over one or two people in the middle. And whoever gets those one or two people to their side of that line wins the election. And those one or two people in this analogy were very not wanting to, very much not wanting to hear about 2020. And in some cases, in some places, like Pennsylvania with Mastriano, for example, on the abortion issue, it was too extreme for them. And that, that blocked out other things where they would agree with Republicans. So it's not like the Republican Party is too extreme overall. It's on those two issues. The messages clouded everything else, depending on where we're talking about. Because obviously that wasn't the case in Texas and Florida. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, if you want to win a state that is a toss-up state, you cannot come out and say, I'm against abortion in all cases. Now, you morally out there listening can certainly be that way. But when Mastriano came out and said, I don't believe in rape exemptions, uh, exceptions, I don't believe in life of the mother, like whatever those uh, whatever those circumstances were when he answered those questions, again, you can get 40% of the vote. And if you're just like, hey, all I care about is being 100% committed to exactly what I believe, I respect that. But it's not going to win. And I think that you have to be calculated in balancing equities here, right? Like, So much of adulthood is not good versus evil, as many of you out there have experienced in your life. It's better versus not very good, right? If you consistently make pretty good choices, I say this every day, I try to be pretty good at everything that I do all day long. Not going to be great, not going to be awful. If you can just be pretty good every day, you stack up a lot of pretty goods, you end up in 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 a really outstanding place. And I think that's the challenge for Republicans going forward as we look at 24. And Buck, I'm really encouraged at what Trump's address last night sounded like. People said it was boring. We don't have to worry about whether Trump is boring or not. But if he can hit on the right subjects and deliver on them, he can win this race. Trump Trump on policy without distractions and personal feuding is... An unstoppable political force, I think. That's that's. He was right about everything. If we get that, if we get that, 
Trump train's going all the way to Victory Station, friends. Let's see if we can get there. That's I think that's going to be what we're what the focus is certainly over the next six months as he builds the campaign and gets going. But I that speech last night actually made me more hopeful for a Trump reelect. Me too. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on, on the, the front, front lines, lines of, of truth. truth. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company. Pure Talk. 